whether it be with an elite agent or a rock star agent or someone who's on telly or an agent who feels like they might have to be driving a flash car and having a flash watch and all of these external symbols of supposedly a professional or a successful agent. Get out of the comparison game in your head. You can only compare yourself to your last performance. Stop comparing yourself to anyone else. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. And with me, I have Romani Brooks. How are you, Romani? Great. Thanks, Leanne. Nice to be talking to you today. Yeah, absolutely. Great to see you. So first of all, let's just start with your real estate journey. How long have you been in the industry and how did you get there? I suppose I've been in the industry maybe around 12 years or just over 12 years. It was a decision that I made after selling a business in the hair and beauty area. Yeah. had a business that was systemizing hair and beauty salons. And I took some time out of that and was at home at Christmas. And my dad said, well, are you going to work again? What are you going to do? And I said, no, that's okay. I've got a job. I've got a job. I started McGrath in January. Of course I didn't. Were you just lying to your dad to get him off your case or were you pretty much envisaging like materializing the job? I'm not sure which came first, but of course I did that. I came home and it was before the internet at home. An internet cafe, look on Seek, I found a job. I got the job the next day with the irrepressible Peter Starr, which is where I started my real estate journey at McGrath. And it started there, moved on to working at NG Farrah with Theo Karangis, and I have now been at Bresic Whitney for 11 years. Wow, long time at Bresic Whitney. Yeah, well, I've certainly sort of, I think, found the place where I belong. Yeah, that's really nice. So why? Why is that the place you belong? Look, I think Bresic Whitney has a commitment to, well, firstly, it's in the inner city. It's probably in the area that I live and network and love to work. I am very comfortable and love Bresic Whitney's commitment to excellence in real estate and innovation, doing things differently with marketing. It is a very collaborative community. And I think I've seen quite a few iterations over the time. And I think the format that we have now led by Thomas McGlynn as a leader. He's a great leader too, Thomas. I'm a big Thomas fan. Yeah, his commitment to leadership has seen the group grow overall. It's not just a few select agents who are performing. Everybody has the opportunity to do so. And I think as such, the company's lifted overall, definitely. now. Community is really important to you. Can you tell me what you do in the community and why you're so passionate about it? Well, interestingly enough, I was just asked this question. Firstly, in real estate, one of the things that I love the most is the opportunity that you have to work with people. Yes, it's about deals and yes, it's about understanding those things, but it's the interaction with people and helping them to realise their dreams that I love the most. I am a third generation community fundraiser. My grandfather was a prisoner of war in Changi and on his return, he supported war widows and raised money for that community. 
My mother is a community fundraiser within the breast cancer, motor neuron, life education space in Tamworth. And I think, as mum was always saying, it costs nothing to be kind, Romany. And I have naturally found an ability to use, well, firstly, my passion in raising funds in the HIV, health, arts, and pretty much anything to do in the LGBTQ plus community has been something that I've committed to over the last 20 years. And I've been able to use my skills as an auctioneer in the charity auction space, but more so just to get involved. I don't mind the ask, I suppose. So I don't mind saying no. So I'm always, uh, my ability to do that has seen me raise a lot of money for various commitments over the years. Bressick Whitney support me in that. And they do support diversity in all its forms. So diversity and inclusivity in all of its forms. So I think that's definitely the space that I belong in. Yeah, nice. I'll have to talk to you about your fundraising tips because I'm now chair of a charity called Sister to Sister, which is for at-risk and troubled teenage girls. And so we need to start fundraising. We had a meeting about it just a couple of days ago. That's a mentoring group, isn't it? I've had a few friends participate in that. Recently, I've joined the board of Qtopia, which is Sydney's first queer museum, and we have lobbied the state government. Now we have a premises of the old Darlinghurst police station, so you get to use all of your skills in that. But this is charity season. I recently did an auction for NIDA last week, and there's performance space. Tomorrow, last week, I was attending the National Arts School fundraising evening, so yeah anything to do with fundraising, I am happy to help in any way for sure. Fantastic. I will take you up on that. So board, tell me about that. Utopia? Utopia, the board, it's a foundation board. The LGBT community, obviously, you know, homophobia still exists in the community, which is a very sad thing. So ultimately- Do you come across that very often, personally? Probably not me personally. I'm a bit older and wiser and I don't think anyone would take me on, so to speak. Do I come across it? Not really. Perhaps because I live in an inner city bubble, you know. Perhaps I live in, you know, Potts Point, Elizabeth Bay, which is a bit of a bubble, but there are still, you know, there's statistics that show that youth suicide in LGBTQ youth is higher. And coming from the country myself, initially, I think our goal is to create a safe space to document, I suppose, LGBTQ history, because it's a rich history of activism and having to overcome, you know, for it only to be homosexuality to be legalised in the 90s in Queensland, for us to have achieved marriage equality just five years ago. Now, do I want to get married as a gay woman? Not necessarily. But what that legislation says is that I'm the same as you. I'm equal. So I'm equal in the eyes of the law. That is ultimately what the fight for gay rights has been over the years. And human rights, I suppose, overall. Our goal with Qtopia is to create a safe space where we can educate, where we can do a lot of educational things through schools. Ian Roberts has joined the board and he's a great proponent of that. If we can save one life through someone who doesn't feel that they're marginalised and we can also educate their families to, you know, ensure that we are just the same as you. It's crazy to think that it is, but I suppose as a 52-year-old woman, my journey's been different, that I have had to go through discrimination and not so much now, but to seek out each other, you know, to only go to bars where 
it was for gays. It wasn't in the mainstream. Now, you know, it's quite well accepted. But I suppose, yeah, within that inner city ghetto. Yeah, and I guess you're right to point out that you do live in maybe an inner city bubble and maybe experiences in other parts of the state, in the country, in other suburbs around Sydney, that experience may not be the same, right? Exactly. Well, it's quite frightening to see some of the, you know, Senator Mark Latham with his horrific comments about MP Alex Greenwich. I mean, that is, in my mind, activating the far right wing and is allowing the opportunity for those extreme views to be held and fueled in areas where, you know, it doesn't add to a cohesive community, so to speak. So it's appalling in that sense. Yeah, it really is. And you're right, it does not just fuel the conversation, it does almost make it okay for certain people in the population to go, well, if he has that view, it's okay for me to have that view too, right? That's exactly right. I mean, we don't want to discriminate on any level, whether it be religious, racial, gender-based, you know, whether this is opened up by the conversation around the trans community who, you know, trans people are people too. There is no difference. Just how they identify is just as important as anything else. And it's not unusual. It is how they identify. It's an interesting conversation because it is hard for some people to get their head around, right? So have that conversation with people who are perhaps curious to understand more but really can't get their head around this whole gender fluidity movement that we seem to be surrounded by now. You know, gay people, queer people, trans people have existed since the beginning of time in ancient Rome. It is about through the introduction of the church and creating control over society. I mean, we could be here all day, but ultimately most people or many people have committed suicide due to their inability to fit in. This isn't something that's new. It's just we're creating an environment where people can talk about being themselves. Once upon a time, it wasn't okay to be me, a lesbian woman that was shunned upon. It was burned at the stake. I was considered a witch. So if that gives it any sort of perspective, I'm not qualified to educate, but I'm certainly passionate about creating a space and a conversation. Equality Australia is an amazing organisation that is supportive of all gender rights and all human rights, et cetera. So if anyone has any questions, if we could list those on your page, that would be really helpful. Yeah, that is a great suggestion. Thank you. And so... Is that the only board that you're on? Well, I'm on community organisations such as the Bobby Goldsmith Foundation that I've supported for 15 years. That is the first board role that I've had. Well, it was encouraging recently. I was delighted and surprised to be acknowledged by local MP Alex Greenwich with his award for Sydney Local Woman of the Year. Thank you. Each MP in New South Wales nominates one woman from their electorate that they feel has contributed to the community over the last year and it was really an honour to go to the breakfast for the New South Wales one of the business awards with him and to see New South Wales I mean to be in a room full of dynamic women all doing great things was an honour indeed I mean oh, absolutely what an opportunity yeah you don't do kind things to be awarded but I think it's something that 
you know, helping people is something that I just love doing. In real estate, I think my practice reflects that as well. I'm certainly not someone who is there picking up the phone, making random cold calls. I know Ivan Bresic would totally disagree with that. <laughs> However, business is built on relationships in my instance. That is built on referral relationships. Obviously, community work can do something towards lifting your profile. But like most real estate agents, you are part of a community and you are part of something bigger. And I think it's great to be involved in that wholeheartedly. Well, your local community have no question about what you stand for, right? And I think that's incredibly important when you are in real estate. That's exactly right. Also, the people that I work with, I mean, we have 150 people in our Bresic Whitney family now, and Bresic Whitney's commitment to diversity, inclusivity, gender equality is second to none. We hope to be an employer of choice for anyone who is looking to get into real estate, who seeks that environment, Yeah, who seeks that environment. It's a great company to be part of in that sense. Yeah, that's fantastic. You said earlier that you're good at fundraising because you don't mind the ask. You don't mind when people say no. That's obviously kind of a useful trait in real estate as well. How do you build that, I guess it's resilience, right, to be prepared to ask the question even when you might not like the answer? Well, I think that's, I suppose you've got that sort of aptitude for real estate or not. What do we say? I mean, I jokingly say, oh, darling, I've got crocodile, elephant, and rhino hide. That's the combination. <laughs> But it doesn't happen easily. And you'll find those starting out in real estate are reluctant to make calls, are reluctant to be themselves. I think it's a combination of time, being comfortable in your own skin and experience. It does sort of take that time to do that. And it's just a question. People can say yes or no. People can say yes or no, but I don't mind doing it. If people don't have a natural disposition to doing that, I can understand that it can be hard. Being comfortable and confident for what you stand for as well. You know, as you mentioned with your participation in Sister to Sister, I know great things that have come out of the charity that you're involved in, great things. Similar things with the Pinnacle Foundation, which mentor young LGBT youth, providing them with university scholarships and pairing them up with professionals. Great things can come from people who want to give back and the ask. So, I mean, look, defining the ask, just get used to it. What's the worst thing that can happen? They can say no and you move on with your life. Yeah, and it's not personal, right? It's not personal. I can tell you, though, one thing that I have found in fundraising, it is generally the same people that give. You can be in a room full of 500 people and there's probably 10 people who are putting their hands up, you know, in that instance. Yeah, I know that to be true. How did you navigate COVID? Were you working through COVID? Oh, COVID, I worked the whole time. I mean, none of us knew what was going to happen in COVID and live alone in my apartment in Elizabeth Bay. And I was lucky enough to have had some listings that were coming on, which were all vacant. So I had four or five vacant properties that I was able to style, stand out the front of and open. So I didn't feel threatened myself. And I think also Without knowing what was going to happen, it took away any pressure that real estate can sometimes present to you in its day-to-day. Our office is fairly dynamic and you're in an office where everyone's on the phone. It's a dynamic office. It's an open office platform. And sometimes it can be this hyped up feeling where it's just like, you know, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Getting on board. 
I think COVID took away the, well, who knows what's going to happen, just do your best. Yeah. So from your best came more. And I think from taking away any pressure to perform, and if you can do this for yourself and just look at each listing, you know, one by one and continuing to do everything without giving yourself any pressure, my business flourished. And I went on to create some great sales, obviously buoyed by the market. It was yeah. unbelievable what happened over yeah. COVID and that trajectory that we saw, which obviously got swallowed up 12 months later. Yeah, sure. But, you know, as I said, I lived in my bubble. I had a great lockdown buddy. I was able to go for a wonderful walk every day, which is so important for me. I walk around Mrs. Macquarie's chair every morning with another great real estate mate, Debbie Donnelly. We have yeah. a chat, hopefully sometimes not about work. But, you know, we had a great lockdown friend and we were able to have a great environment. We also had all of, this might sound silly, but all of the six-star home delivery services of Potts Point restaurants, we've never had it better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's interesting actually. That's some interesting reflections for you coming out of COVID, how things flourished when you were able to take that pressure off and that pressure of comparison, right, when you're surrounded by these really active agents all around you all the time. I think what you just said about comparison is a really good thing because if you continue to play the comparison game, whether it be with an elite agent or a rock star agent or someone who's on telly or an agent who feels like they might have to be driving a flash car and having a flash watch and all of these external symbols of supposedly a professional or a successful agent, get out of the comparison game in your head. The only thing I think that is worth pursuing is how you are comfortable with the way you do business yourself. You can only compare yourself to your last performance. Stop comparing yourself to anyone else, whether it be in your office, in your market. Of course, you want market share, but I think if you can only improve on your own performance, do better with your own work ethic and, you know, not compare yourself to anyone. I see someone, you know, twice a week to work on my inner performance. And what that means is that I get everything out of my head, clear my head and discuss anything that I might be having any challenges with. It's not related to work. It's more related to my emotional reaction to things. So real estate success is about managing your emotional reaction at every stage. Managing your state, right? Correct. You know, a no isn't personal, just as you said, a no isn't personal. I was talking to someone this morning who's quite well known in the real estate industry, so I won't mention any names, but they were telling me that they're a supplier to the industry and they rate their clients and they've got clients who are really cool and calm and collected. They've got other clients who they manage out of their business very quickly because they don't like dealing with them. But they've got a whole group of, and it's predominantly women, that are very, they're fine most of the time, but as soon as something goes wrong, they are just really, really explosive and completely unreasonable. And when they were telling me about it, I'm picturing a few female agents that I know and thought, you know what, there is actually a bit of that around. I think that's personality. I mean, I think we're lucky enough not to work in an office scenario. Yeah. I couldn't even see myself working in an office scenario. I think that would definitely be personality-based, potentially. Our culture within our office, so to speak, we have our values, you know, wise judgment, teamwork, 
but everything that allows you to manage your own state, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That is probably need to look at their emotional intelligence. Yeah. And do some work on yourself to manage that sort of those Yeah, things. that's exactly what I was going to say. You've obviously identified something in yourself that you feel that you need external help with and you've got enough self-awareness to know that. Uh, life's too short to worry about the small stuff. Life's too short to get stuck up or stuck on something, you know, like an issue. I only look at everything as a series of problems to be solved. Yeah. So whether it be a price issue with a client, whether it be a presentation issue, whether it be a particular sticking point of a negotiation, there's always a solution. So I suppose it's just a problem where you can find the solution or you can't. And you only get one life. So if you want to spend it in a state of complete stress, you can only control what's within your sphere. Totally. You can't control somebody else's behaviour, only your reaction to it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I don't think, I think being calm and being kind and being communicative about anything, my mum always said, oh, you need to catch more bees with honey, which of course you do, rather than being explosive. I think in any work environment, don't you think the days for that toxic work environment is sort of past? Oh, look, I would hope so. But I know, unfortunately, because there is a lot of stress on particularly the high performers, whether it's stress they put on themselves or not, but it doesn't always manifest in a positive way, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. And I think potentially because, you know, we're fortunate enough to have high risk, high return, like Real estate agents are paid well and it's a lot of money at stake in some instances. It's how you choose to move forward within your team. But I could see how that could be possible with women being explosive. I'm not one of them, I don't think. No, me either. I probably was. Maybe 25 years ago I might have been. Certainly getting older has been good for me in that respect. I'm much calmer than I ever was. It's interesting. I had dinner with a friend who has an international business in producing shows. So producing arts and producing ballets and producing dance works all over the world. And she's only 40. And I just said to her recently, can I tell you something? Everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So slow down and work through it. You know, you can stress about, of course, strive. Of course, work hard. That goes without saying. But worrying about the things that you can't change, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, somebody said that to me. Everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right now, it just means it's not the end. And I'm like, okay. Ridiculously enough, every cliche in life you've ever heard is true. Yeah. And that is a sad thing, especially when, you know, you're young and they say youth is wasted on the youth. How true? You know, all of those things. I mean, anything. You know, every cliche in life is ever true. If you can just, I suppose, master yourself, yes. work out what you want and go for it within your own boundaries, find where you belong and create a life that you want. Of course, there's external factors, but that's life, but you will get through them. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great way to end it. Master yourself, find where you belong and go for it. And on that note, I am far from perfect but I'm having a red hot go at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you and me both, my friend, you and me both. It's been so lovely to catch up. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Leanne. Lovely to talk with you. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.